Do you want a Reese cup? There was a commercial that literally said that the three words that every person wants to hear for Valentine's Day, I got Reese's. <laughs> I feel like that's a play on many things ever before. Okay, that's, that's fine. Uh, how about Every a, kiss begins with K. How about, how about a Snickers? I mean, it's chocolate. I'm going to love chocolate regardless. Okay, let me open that for you. Are you trying to annoy what li- little listeners we have? What are you talking about, Aaron? Aaron, I can't imagine anything could go wrong, by the way, with you giving me my own mic. Like, nothing could possibly go wrong with giving me control of my own mic. And we lost what little listeners we had just now. They find me charming and irreverent. They find you something all right. He's Aaron. She's Elizabeth. And we're, and we're married, married to, to the, the idea. idea. Where we are testing a new setup. All of our friends are great with uh, buying things, and uh, we're testing out a two-mic system. Twice the mics, half the fun. Wait, that's not right. I think my math's off. Let me try to carry the one. There's two. She pulls out her imaginary uh, uh, whiteboard. It's, it's, it's a calculator watch. It's a Casio. She's like, just hold on. i got to go back to the 90s and type this in. This yeah, joke doesn't yeah. go that far whenever it's, you know, uh, just audio. You're not playing with my bits. No, I'm not. Aaron, you need to play with my bits more. <laughs> that sounds like a problem that doesn't need to be discussed on a podcast. Why don't you lean a little closer to your mic? Maybe that'd help. Now, see, that's just disingenuous because they're going to think I'm going to pull out a rapper at any minute the closer I get to oh, this gosh. mic. Yeah, we're all hoping for, you know, our ears' sake that you don't. More, more rap jams? No. Oh, okay. Are you sure? Are you no sure? No MBT, uh, MTV raps. No. Uh... Okay. So okay. I think we've, you know, I think we've padded enough. This isn't pad. This is wit, humor, and class all in we're one not easy to digest package. I know we're not a bim bim, but we could be Aaron if we tried really hard for six years and got a third member. We could be my bim bam. My wife, my. Uh, <laughs> friend in me or something like that my wife my friend in me ma so uh what are we talking about today we are talking about an only only perhaps the first romantic comedy movie ever it happened one night yeah like seriously like if you go back and you look at like some of the classic tropes it literally started those I will say, it is surprised me. It way weren't all of the tropes that I was expecting. In fact, it threw a lot of the tropes I hate most out the window immediately. So, I'm very excited to talk about this. We were recommended this movie um, for an interesting reason. That this is the origin of Bugs Bunny, which I did not get at all until Aaron looked it up and actually figured out why, and uh, I'll let him tell you why. Like, seriously, guys, I didn't, I, like, Looney Tunes is such a huge part of my life. My dad introduced me when I was a kid to, like, what's Opera Doc and, uh, uh, you know, um, all of the classic, you know, Merry Melodies and everything like that, um... And my dad actually has Bugs Bunny tattooed on his chest. Yes, he does. And it's uh, it's a wonderful tattoo. Um, he now has one more tattoo than I do. One <laughs> day I will catch up to him or even surpass him. That's a slippery slope, my friends. Yeah, because um, I just got my second one, and he got his second and third on the same day. So he uh, he just had to have one more than me. <laughs> um, but uh, what happens is uh, our friend, um, friend of the podcast, Joseph, um, came into town and we were walking through McKay's and Joseph says, you guys need to watch It Happened One Night. And both Liz and I go, we do. <laughs> Neither of us had really heard of it or we hadn't really. Never like... heard of it, which surprises me more and more the more I know about it. Starring Clark Gable yeah. in a much more wonderful role than Gone what? with the Wind. Oh. Ugh. He so he was Ugh. so that, that was him. Clark okay. Gable. Indeed I thought he looked it was. familiar. Indeed it was. I consider him the Michael Pattinson of his day playing Michael Pattinson? No, sorry, Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson, there you go. <laughs> Michael Pattinson's his brother. I consider him the Robert Pattinson of his day <laughs> playing roles Michael that he... Pattinson who like the the No, you think of Patton Oswald. No, no, you're thinking of Oswald the Rabbit. 
No, no you're thinking Jessica Bugs Bunny. Rabbit. Oh, no, we're here. We made it back. <laughs> I recognize that tree. Um, there. But, but my, my quip was that, much like Robert Pattinson, he had to play roles about men who people were supposed to find attractive, but he read the role correctly and said, no, these are just assholes. <laughs> this guy, I wouldn't necessarily call him an asshole, though. It's kind That's of That's what I'm saying. And Gone with the Wind, you know... Scarlett O'Hara is nothing to write home about either. They're both pretty awful, terrible people. But mm -hmm. he's supposed to be, it's supposed to be swoony romantic and gone with the wind. It's, he's supposed to be a James Dean, don't like Kara. Like, I'm, I'm going to give everything to you. And after all this, uh, peace, I'm gone. So in this one, much more likable. Insanely likable. Yeah, like, um, a, a lot more uh, able for... I think we've kind of got off track already. All right, let's start because, from the beginning. Because, no, the thing is, is we were, I was telling the story about Joseph. Okay, because yeah. do you want me to go back to the rapper bit? I have No, it. we're okay. not going back that far. That's that's too far in the past. Too far. That's that's caveman. That's we're, Marty we're, McFly. Okay. Yeah. Back to Joseph. Um, yeah, we're, we're not trying to go back to the Wild West. Um, no, the... Uh, uh, we As we were walking through McKay's with our friend Joseph, shout out to Joseph. And baby Jacob. And baby Jacob. Uh, not our friend little Jakey, but baby Jacob. Baby Jacob, totally different. Uh, there, Jacob. there, there is a difference. Um, the uh, he said you ha guys need to watch this and review it. So, so it's our second fan request, I guess, if you want to say it that way. I would say so. Um, and the, <laughs> and he's like, Aaron, you would like this specifically because uh, that's where they ba they based Bugs Bunny off of this character, and I'm like. No, they didn't. Shut up. No, they didn't. They did not, like, base one of the most timeless characters outside of Disney on a character from It Happened One Night. From this movie that just won five Oscars. Yeah, literally swept the Oscars. One of, it was the first movie to sweep the Oscars. And I was like, what? And then we started watching it, and I'm just like, I don't get it. I don't get it. And then, because I'm, you know, an IMDb nerd, um, I literally hopped on IMDb as I'm watching the movie. And sure enough, there's a piece of trivia right there saying that Frizz Freeling, one of the creators of Bugs Bunny, this is one of his favorite movies of all time, and that he based Bugs Bunny on an amalgamation of a few things that came from this movie. They are not hard to find if you know anything about Bugs Bunny at all. You you hear someone named Bugs, Clark yeah, Gable like chews they... on raw carrots. Yep. They say what's up, Doc? Like literally. <laughs> yeah, see, I, I have to admit, I don't remember the what's up, Doc. Dude, parts. that was the big one. It's like, no, oh, there it is, and we were like. Picking your ears or I something? Don't know. What was that? Probably, you know. <laughs> I, you gotta concentrate more. Our listeners demand more excellence <laughs> in our reporting. They demand the best. They demand the best. Uh, the movie, It Happened One Night, came out in 1934, starring Clark Gable as a reporter and Claudette Colbert as a girl named Ellie who is running a away from her father back to her fiance. Um, I'm sorry, her husband. She married him against her father's wishes. And then he kidnapped her and took yeah. her down to Florida. They got, the, I don't even think they got a civil union. They got like, yeah, they were they got in like the, the middle. Minimum they were at the courthouse. Like yeah. Dad shows up, like, not my daughter. And she's like 24. This is a woman in, in today's yeah. society. But a daddy, woman. you don't even know him. But no, see, you were making that <laughs> but joke. Dad, I love him. You were making Ariel jokes this whole time, but. For me, she wasn't a child. She was a 24-year-old woman who could make her own decisions, and her father treated her like a 12-year-old, which is why you kept making those jokes. Exactly, yeah. In, in, in truth, in the, the truth of the matter is that she did not act that bratty. She could have been more bratty, um, but I'm kind of glad that if she wasn't. If this was wasn't. a Disney Channel original movie, she would have been oh, God, more bratty. She, yeah, she would have been Sharpay. It, like, literally, like, I could see them remaking this movie with, like, Sharpay and... Um, some other Disney Channel original movie character. So Ellie has to get back to do, to New York to her husband, away from her father's oh, eyes. Should we say spoilers on a movie that's almost 100 years old? That's not a spoiler. That's in the very beginning. Like, I like, I've, I've ruined nothing yet, but we are going to spoil this. Absolutely. Literally, uh, quick math, what's 100 minus 17? 
83. This movie is 83 years old. This movie can get social, has, would have been on social security for a while. (laughs) You are so silly. (laughs) Sorry. Anyway, um, she has to get back to New York and she runs into Clark Gable, Peter, who was a reporter who has just lost his job for failing to deliver a story. Uh, he sees her immediately figures out who she is because she leaves her wallet on the bus. Um, before he figures out who she is, they have this, you know, very rom-com 90s, they have to hate each other before they like each other thing, but there's no, there's this really beautiful chemistry without them having to play that trope too hard. Like, they don't like each other because she's married and he's not looking for anything. And And he's not looking to break up a marriage. No, no, he's not. Um... And she accidentally falls asleep on him on the bus. That was kind of which cute. is, and it's it's just this adorable little scene that kind of sets up the whole little basis for everything. Why he gets interested, why he looks in her wall because she leaves it on the bus, and she, you know, he goes to give it to her and he realizes who she is. And instead of doing the liar's reveal at the beginning of the third act, he instead cuts all that and says, "I'm a reporter. I'll keep your story quiet if you give it to me first, and I'll get you to New York to your husband." So she agrees. And All right, well, she's like, I don't know about that. And he's like, or I can tell your dad right now. Yeah. So, so it, it's, it's helpful, but also threatening. It's they um, it's wonderful in that um, classic movie way where they wanted to get Claudette Colbert in just the exact same pose. <laughs> they had a pose for her head slightly tilted, eyes looking up with the soft lighting and the gauze around it like they had. As much as they could, her hit that mark. But, you know, in that in that glamorous sort of style. But that's, um, beyond that, it doesn't strike me as, it doesn't strike me as aged. In a way that Casablanca isn't aged. In a way that clearly it was made older, but the artist was made in black and white. And it had the same uh, tenacity that this film did. It's... It, I wouldn't call it timeless, but it's close to timeless. It, um, it's there, not, there I are mean, some very they, much there. There are definitely those like thirty, you know, nineteen thirties tropes, like the putting the Vaseline on the lens and like you know wiping it, off on the place. Well, I'm saying there are, there are tropes. Well, okay, they're more physical tropes than there are storytelling and directing tropes. I'm sure if we looked at Frank Kafka or is it Cap? Yeah, no. <laughs> the Capra. Capra. I can't. Capra. Sorry, I can't believe I Capricorn. did that. Capricorn. Capra. Frank Capra, one of the best directors of all time. You know, like influences of, uh, you know, Steven Spielberg and um, uh, for almost any director nowadays or in the you know since Capra has, you know. But this uh, movie is allowed to have any trip it wants because it came out eighty three years before any of those movies did. It, exactly. It's it, allowed to do these fun things. It's yeah. It it, it it's like wow. These they have some of those tropes. No, it started them. Mm-hmm. This is this is the movie for your great grandparents. Yeah, you want to you want to see the original Runaway Bride? You want to see the, this is uh, the first movie that it. Uh, this is the first movie that did that. Yep. Like uh, like uh, you want to see uh, a movie where the two the, lovers hate each other and then end up liking each other. <laughs> this is the movie that started it. Like, and this is the thing too is you compare them, compare these movie, this movie to some of like the movies that are like, oh it's tropey. The other movies are just doing it because they're going through the motions. This movie is doing it because it was new and fresh. Yeah. There's some wonderful hijinks, which are the the classic rom com hijinks. But it it toes that line. The hijink where they have to pretend to be married because otherwise they won't get a room. Oh my god, that scene was awesome. (laughs) That was the best scene, I think. There are detectives looking for her, and they and he realizes it, and so he starts like, but he already had to get the room and say for them to sleep together because you know this is the 30s when if you had two people who were sleeping in the same room that weren't married. They're sleeping in two separate little <laughs> twin beds with a sheet between them. The walls of Jericho. Yeah, I did not realize that that was a thing. That like people didn't sleep together until I went to my again my great grandparents' house, and my grandparents had beds apart. They had the like, two twin beds. I'm like, why would they have wow. that? At least get like... bunk beds, guys. Like, <laughs> have a little bit of fun with that. <laughs> Um, but like, I mean, quick note, you know, that the Flintstones was the first show on, uh, in syndication or in, um, prime time to show, 
the the couple in the same bed. I did know that because even Lucy and Ricky didn't sleep in the same nope. bed. And that's one of the best love stories ever. <laughs> but now the uh, this uh, yeah, so the the scene they're in the separate beds and like they're kind of they're getting ready for the day because their their bus got stuck or they couldn't go over the um, the bridge or whatever. They had to stop for the night. They're in this. Um, I guess you'd call it a trailer park for today's definitions, but they call it um, a motorcade camp. Yeah. Where so the bus or cars would stop for the night and you'd get a little cabin and you'd stay there overnight and then you could start your journey again in the morning. Like, like precursors to motels and hotels. Yeah. Like, I, I want to say like a motel is like the evolution of this because it was basically a little room. It had, you know, the two beds. A little kitchenette, like but, little, little tiny But you know, like the big communal outdoor shower that you have to tramp to in your slippers <laughs> to get to. Yeah, it, yeah. so like with campgrounds, like campgrounds with cabins and stuff like that is, you know, the modern day equivalent of what they were in. But uh, he sees that the detectives are coming by and he hears them talking and he like rushes in and he's like... We we've they're coming they're looking for you we gotta we he gotta looks out the door them. yeah so he shakes her head to her, get her hair loose and he unbuttons one of the buttons on her blouse and he gives her a hairbrush and she just turns away and starts brushing her hair and puts yeah. on a slightly higher and pitch he just starts like yelling and shouting at her and these detectives are like uh, like not really buying it at first they're like what and then like like he's like hey what are you doing to my wife and oh yeah, are you acknowledging me oh yeah like she's she delivers. Claudette Colbert has some of the greatest Colbert, deliveries. Because Colbert is a. Claudette, she's French. Colbert, not. Colbert. She's French. She's not French. She's French. Claudette Colbert. She's not French. You know, they never said her real name in this, so I can call her that. We don't have that in IMDb. We don't have phonetic Just click on it. No, click on her. Ah, click on her. Fine. I'm telling you right now, all she's right, not French. All right, French. all right, all right. Okay. Oh, crap. <laughs> okay. Oh, crap. That's, that proved me wrong. French bakers in St. Monday, France. Well, she did not. Okay, so Claude, uh, Claudette Colbert. 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 Uh, she didn't have an accent, but they were like, they were talking, The these detectives are trying to figure out if this is her, and they're like, her, and he's like, get away from our wife. Oh, they're just talking. What do you mean talking? This is just like you did last night at the fabric shop. I don't care about that. And they start having this made up impromptu fight based on all of the bickering and fights they've had in the previous 24 <laughs> hours leading up to this event until the detectives just get so Un, just like so like, like oh my god like, we are uh, so sorry and they leave the room and they both just suddenly trail off and look at each other and just smile <laughs> and just laugh they're like holy crap that worked it was so great like uh, that there's such genuine chemistry between these characters yeah they really do a good job there are points where it gets a little masculine and uh, they they fall into the roles too much. She is smart. She is smart and she is headstrong. But, you know, we have Clark Gable calling her brat, which is yeah, an affection. But it turns into an affection. But honestly, again, it plays in the idea that back then, you know, your dad could say, no, you're not allowed to get married to someone I don't like, even when you're 24. No, you're not allowed to get back to your husband without male protection. <laughs> There's There yeah, are some it, moments it, where it leans too heavy into, oh, this is 1930. Yeah, <laughs> there's some of those points. Like, when they're when they're fighting, he, like, kind of like, they're like, why I oughta, you know? Yeah, there's one of those scenes, I'm like, mm, 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 no. And, and, and fortunately, this is, this is literally, this isn't, you have to say this was a different time. For a movie that came out this long ago, I am very surprised by how uh, little it does devolve into that. They yeah. even have a scene, where, my other favorite scene, where uh, they have to cross a stream, just the two of them, because they've left the bus, because they don't want anyone else figuring out who she is. They've yeah. left the bus, they're crossing the stream, and he has her in a carry over his shoulder uh, with her head behind him, and she's holding this his shoes. And they're having a talk about piggyback rides. And she says, my father used to get the best piggyback rides just like this. And he's like, your father don't know jack about piggyback rides if he thinks this is a piggyback ride. Because it's a fireman's <laughs> shoulder <laughs> care. It's not a piggyback. He's like, nope. oh, my father. Like, this is how he did it. And he's like, give me a true man of the earth. I'll show you a good piggybacker. No rich man knows how to give a good piggybacker. And she's like, I'm very sure he did. He's like, 
All right, here, hold this for me. He passes the suitcase back to her. She grabs it, and then he slaps her on the ass with his free hand. And it says something to the charmingness of the two of these that I didn't just, like, red alert all my feminist agendas right there. Like, <laughs> he just smacked on the ass, and somehow it's endearing. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you look pretty today, Jolene? Ooh, yeah, like no, it was there. exactly yeah. like please it don't was, do it that. It was not one of those. So. It wasn't one of that. Uh, this, um, I, I have to admit, there's there were some points in this that got a little too 1930s acting. You gotta um, give me some more than that because a lot of this felt really modern, honestly, like scary modern. When they're doing like the big grand lines where they pause, and she's like. What are you thinking about? Ah, nothing. Doll face, like, like that's like. Mm. That's that's kind of what I'm talking about. Like, but there are some real great quips in here where it well, sounds that's not like, what I'm talking uh, about. like no, like like modern day, no, like they're having see, a conversation. Yeah, that, again, it, that's not what I'm talking about. Though I'm talking about like there's one point when she gets real dramatic. She goes like she. It's not when she thinks he disappeared. Um, it's it, before when she confesses her yeah, love that for him. One. And it's says, like and I can be that girl. It's so yeah. over the top like that like i don't believe that she's a bad actress by any means in fact she's one of the more revered actresses of this time uh she actually played Ke- cleopatra the whole point of this movie is that this is the, they're together for the We're first time wash these two. right over that apparently oh that's what i'm saying like she exactly she's that big that this is the first time that these two really big actors have ever been in a movie together that was the big selling point for it because he was Partially. in runway she was in cleopatra for the first time together. So, yeah. The thing is, too, is, like, I don't know if you know this about this movie, but going through the trivia, nobody wanted to do this movie. Really? Nobody wanted to touch this thing with a 10-foot pole. They were like, this is the worst screenplay I've ever seen. Claudette Colbert hated doing this movie. She was like, like, the entire time. She, they they did this in, like, four weeks, by the way. They filled them in, like, four weeks, which I think back then was unheard of, if I'm not mistaken. I love be. stories like this. But, like, no one wanted to do no this movie. No one wanted Like, they, they, they uh, offered the role to, like, three or four different actresses, and they were all like, no. And, like, she had a four-week break before she did something else. And she's like, if you can do it in four weeks, I'll do it. And like, and she's basically like, oh yeah, if you can um, pay me a million dollars and uh, find Ruby, yeah, yeah, Ruby encrusted slippers, then I'll do it. And they're like, oh, here's some Ruby encrusted boots. How about that? You know, (laughs) Um, because there's more area for boots, so you get more rubies out of it. Uh, I love uh, stories like this. It's like when ra- like Radiohead hates doing creep so much that when they try to record it, the guitarist intentionally mucked up every recording to try and not get it recorded. I don't like that song either. I only like uh, Weird Al's version of it. Um, but with uh, but going uh, even Clark Gable's like I don't really want to do this movie, but he apparently got in trouble for uh cheating or having an affair with a woman and his studio was like all right for punishment you have to do this movie (laughs) you have to do this oscar winning movie that no one wants to do for a role that he didn't want to do initially that is so great this this, these that that's what that's this like that that adds an extra layer of like I don't want to say awesomeness, because this movie is really good, but it's not awesome. It's art transcending its surroundings. Like, this is where you separate the art from the artist. This is where everyone did not want to do it, and somehow the product turned out so great that you can't even say, but they didn't want to do it. It doesn't matter. The product was great. It's like with Shrek, how no one wanted to do Shrek, or like, at first, like, Shrek was like the, the... the the timeout project, if you will, I guess when people were working on um uh the the movie that we like about like the Ten Commandments um the Prince of Egypt Prince of Egypt which is great it, which is still in in all rights a great movie but it was funny because if an animator something happened with an animator like if they were doing this like they made some mistake or something like that their punishment is they had to go work on Shrek for a while. <laughs> Like, Time out. 
Jenkins. Your punishment shall be two weeks working on the Shrek picture. But, boss. It's like, it, so, in, but in then Shrek win, literally wins the very first uh, best animated picture. So it's like. God, I you tell gotta, you, man, we live in a world where there are four Shreks and people still don't know about Prince of Egypt. It's a sick world, man. It is a sick world. But the thing is, is like, I just love that the, there are plenty of those stories out there. Like, oh, I don't want to do this movie. I just want all these awards for this movie. What? I was reading uh, down here in the trivia uh, that when uh, Clark Gable uh, won his award, he gave it to a child who admired it, told him it was winning the statue that mattered, not owning it. Yes. And uh, if you go further down, uh, Claudette didn't think... She thought so much that she was not going to win. She didn't go to the Oscars. (laughs) She was not there. Like That's now, great. now, now, what happens is basically they they realize she wasn't there, and they got someone out there, got her. Like she was either about to get on a plane or oh, that's or something. great. Or like she was out, like she was in a traveling dress. Beginning or like of that. the Oscars, and they grabbed get her, her, bring her and back, and then brought her back, and then they like they rescheduled the award so that she, she could actually you know give a um uh her acceptance speech. So That's so cool. There's um, a lot of wonderful elements about this that keep playing back into it again and again and again. Um, I think my favorite new, like, thing I can remember from a movie that will stick with me and I want to see it reflected in more things that that I do is the Walls of Jericho idea. Yeah, that was, that was an interesting kind of thing that flowed. They're sharing the house for the night and they're in the separate beds. But she's, like, real apprehensive about this because this is where he's just told her, I'm a reporter. You're going to give me your story and I'll get you there. But that's, you know, but you've got to stay with me on this. And she doesn't know anything about this guy, really, besides a bus trip so far. Mm-hmm. So she's on, um, so the, so uh, Frank, uh, Clark Gable very uh, uh, gallantly has a rope in his bag, he ties it up in the middle of the room and puts a blanket over it to keep the walls separate. And he calls it the walls of Jericho. Like, these are your walls of Jericho. No trumpet's going to come in and blow this down. This is it. So, is, is that a biblical story? Yes. Okay, I'm sorry. I, for those of you who don't know, I'm not very um, educated in uh, the the full-on Bible. You so. can find out more about that in our Talk Blindly podcast. <laughs> yes, yeah, the apparently walls, that might be our next subject. <laughs> the walls of Jericho were the walls of the city of Jericho. Mm-hmm. And uh, it had been sieged many times. No army could bring it down. Uh, eventually, Joshua is told to go there because he's trying to get everyone to the promised land. This is after they've left Egypt and they've been in the desert for 40 years and Moses has died. Now Joshua is the only one here. So uh, he says, that I'm going to bring down the walls of Jericho without ever touching them. So he takes his trumpet and they march around the city of Jericho seven days, just blowing the trumpets, making a loud ruckus. And on the seventh day, the walls fall down and they just enter the city and take it. So the idea at the end when they are at the little uh, cabins yeah. and the owners of the cabins say, strange thing, you know, I don't think they're married. They had this sheet up between the two of them. But what did he ask for? He asked for this little trumpet toy. I don't know why. And then you just hear the trumpet blowing off in the distance and the blanket falls off and the movie ends. And I'm like, that is the best symbolism for sex I've ever seen. Yeah, that, yeah, that was like, um, oh, um, like what, Reykjavik or something like that from, uh, uh, Reykjavik, yeah, Reykjavik. it's Reykjavik. That's like that's like the motif and the euphemisms. They all just roll together synergistically towards the end. Yes, lots of innuendos. <laughs> I will say there. Um, here's where I'm going to suggest an alternative ending. Stay with me on this. Oh, see, I liked how it ended. I like how it ended too. I like that it ended this way. But uh, the point right before she declares that she loves him after spending time with him. Uh, he's telling her that if he were to fall in love, it'd have to be the kind of girl who is like him, who likes to adventure, who'd like to go to an island where it's hot all day and the stars are out at night and you're just in the water and everything's molding together. He has this beautiful spiel about the ocean, which is just gorgeous imagery. And then she tells him that she loves him and he's very stoically like, I think you better go back to bed now. Um... Midway through the night, he's just he's still just laying there awake thinking about this, and he leans over and asks her, would you come to that island with me? 
Caesar's sleeping and runs off to go get uh, to sell his story, get the money, come back, marry her, take her off someplace far away. Like, yeah, it, which doesn't like, end, which which ends up in shenanigans, of course. But my ending is different than the ending. The ending they went with before this is that she ends up going to the real wedding that she's going to have with the guy she uh, married in civil union, and she's walking run down away, the runaway ride. She's walking on the island. Her father's like, "There's a car right up back. If you change your mind," and she changes her mind and runs in her full gown and veil to the car and Man, takes off. And that that train, it went her forever. train, her wedding train was like. So long. I'm surprised no one didn't, didn't just step, step on, on it, it and like pull her back. She gets to the car and I'm like, you're going to have to spend 20 minutes just piling that thing into the car seat beside you. But it ends with them just going to this little, uh, one of those little motel bus cabin places. And for me, it would have been fun if he had gone off to that island. He used that money, went off to an island just to spend time alone by himself. And she showed up at the island one night. That yeah. would have been like if fun. Yeah. Again, with all the callbacks, it would have been like... Just something to show her adventurousness. Because we never see well, them after the wedding. Them going to this little motorcade area was kind of adventurous. After the wedding, we don't see the two of them together. Like, there's no kiss on screen. This is actually the, one of the few uh, romantic comedies that does not have the main two characters kiss. Yeah. Like, they get a, they get close. Haystack moment, close. <laughs> Which I'm glad they waited that long to hit because, quite honestly, I was afraid they'd, like, you know, shove it too soon. They don't play it sexually, by which I mean it's not overt. It's not cleavage or gorgeous looks. The closest or... thing they got to it is that he's trying to uh, hail a car. To, he's trying to hitchhike. Yeah. And he's doing the crazy, like, you know, thumb going along, like, go, thumb going with a car. And then, like, doing the weird old, the like, jackhammer. And, like, and, like bobbing on It's like... He's, uh, and he's, he's explaining and he's, uh, to her so cockily how to how each one of these does a very specific thing and it communicates something to the driver and she's just listening to him. He comes back after sixteen cars pass by, none of them stop for him. He's like, I don't get it. She's like, and she just like deadpans it. You don't say like this great modern jibe out of nowhere. Oh yeah, very very modern woman. And then she just goes out there and she just kind of stands there for a second. He's like, what are you gonna do? And then she just lifts up her skirt. She goes about mid thigh, kicks her leg out, kicks her leg out. First car Ah! stops, (laughs) which is fun. Again, don't know if they did that before, but. And it's got to be one of the first. <laughs> yeah, like, I, and see, it's funny, too, because, like, you know, I was so, like, Joseph told us, like, uh, yeah, based on Looney Tunes, based on Looney, or Looney Tunes was based on this movie, based on this movie. I'm like, no, it's not. No, it's not. And then, like, and, like there would be moments in this movie, I'm like, okay, yeah, I've seen that in a Looney Tunes cartoon. I've seen that parody in a Looney Tunes cartoon. I've seen that somehow, somehow animated. I've seen this. I've seen that. I'm like, oh, my God, he was right. <laughs> they... <laughs> They, their chemistry, the chemistry only really starts flowing when they have to fool the detectives together, and it's their wit and their quick-witted uh, thinking. When they, when they start like working together, there is definitely chemistry working. But I, I disagree. I think there was chemistry before this point too. Like, um, but the, the chemistry that I like most is when it's like that. You don't expect it. And it's not playing off something that you would think. It's like that deep-rooted um, love, not that superficial, like, I just saw you in a different light, and you are beautiful. You took your glasses I, off, and you played with your hair down, and now... Oh, he played with a little child once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it wasn't that at <laughs> all. <laughs> like, he's been a dick this entire time, but he gave $5 to a guy... It's charitable. Yeah, this is no Chad Michael Murray. This is no I'll be home for Christmas, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. This is This is no uh the uh, not wedding planner. Um Singer. No, um Crasher. Uh Made in Manhattan. <gasps> was it at the one like where he like was pulling out um no, was, I think it was the wedding planner because he like they got rid of all of the M and M's but the brown ones because that's the closest to chocolate, so it took less food coloring. I'm but they would be... waste an entire pack of M and M's for like five brown ones. I'm gonna be quite honest with you. I know everyone in America has seen Made in Manhattan. I know I have seen Made in Manhattan. I can't for the life of me remember, but three seconds of Made in Manhattan. I'm sorry. I got them mixed up because they're both Jennifer Lopez romantic comedy vehicles. So there's... Julie? 
No, God, no. We will. I don't, <laughs> no. I don't know if we'll ever torture ourselves no for that, even time. for the sake of this podcast. No turkey time. Um, but <laughs> gobble 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 gobble. Uh, no, there's uh, Made in Manhattan and the Wedding Planner. The Wedding Planner is obviously self-explanatory, and it's either Matthew McConaughey um, or uh, oh, the the guy who is the adult uh, version of. Um, secondhand lions, the kid. Okay, yeah. It's either him or Matthew McConaughey. One of them does this with the M and M's. Yeah, like this is it's this weird thing. And like, and at one point he talks in third person again. It's really strange. But uh, they like they kind of fall like they're out one night and like they kind of like like kind of tease and flirt a little bit and they kind of like each other. And he's actually engaged, and she just then hires her to be the wedding planner. Because she's, like, one of the best in the city. Hi, and Jason then, Sue. Yeah. And then she she doesn't want to marry the guy who's, like, proposing to her because he's not actually proposing to her. It's kind of like, a, not a marriage of convenience, but it's just like, oh, crap, I have to get married or else my parents are going to hate me or disown me type thing. The father does get redemption at the end, which is nice. We haven't even talked, like, we haven't even mentioned the father. And then Made in Manhattan is crazier. Like, I'm, like, as crazy as that setup is, Made in Manhattan is crazier. She's a mate, it's like a, a Cinderella kind of story thing, but she has a child and they both, like, live in the building. Bob Hoskins is her boss, which is fun enough, but Ray Fines is the guy is is the romantic lead, Ray Fiennes. Ray Fiennes. We may have to do a Jennifer Lopez. Oh, Jalo Knight. Uh, we'll wear our booty. We'll wear our booty shorts and talk about being Jenny from the Block. And that <laughs> is all the Jennifer I, Lopez material I have. I, I, I'm hating myself right now because, like, I'm like I'm realizing this is and more and more like this is a good idea. It's February. <laughs> Just to talk about it is February. The, Aaron. Oh, it will be February. The month of love. The month of love. Maybe maybe if I can find both of them, Wrong that's going to be the question. Maybe February would be the rom-com month, and this is like the beginning of it, so... The father um, does get redeemed. Okay, yeah, we haven't even mentioned the father yet. Like, literally, you just mentioned it the first time, and that's, like, it, the father character is exactly where she gets her wit and her, uh, um, her, uh, she quick won't, thinking from. She won't eat. They're on this yacht, because he's a billionaire. She's on this yacht. Very first scene of the movie. She won't eat, because he, again, kidnapped her away from her husband and brought her to Florida, and the crew do not want to deal because with her. Who there. wants to go to Florida? The crew are terrified. Worst of all fifty states. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> they they do not want. It. She is terrifying to them. So he comes in with his big plate of steak. A woman that speaks and, her mind. Oh my! And he Captain America's her. She's like, I'm not going to eat that. He's like, Good, it's for me. And he just sits down and starts to eat the steak right in front Captain of her. Uh, where he goes to interview Zoloft, and Zoloft won't say anything. Like I got, you know, he brings this beautiful steak lobster dinner. He's like, That won't get me to talk. I know it's for me. And um, the guy who played Two Face is the guy who is. Oh. Yeah, come on, come on, help I, me out. I, I, it's been it's been so long since I've seen that Got the first Peter one. Pan this clip right here. Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones eats a steak. And it's very important to the plot of the movie. I'm surprised you have forgotten it. It is integral. It, 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 it has been a little while since I've seen the first Captain America. So he doesn't take... And in the end, you know, we really don't know anything about the guy that she is stolen away from. In the end, we just know that he's a Yeah, a they, and they, and they didn't do any of, like, the later on tropes of, like, oh, he's actually a weasel. Or he's oh, yeah, they don't this. show him being bad or mean in any way at all. All we have to go on is her father's just hatred of him because he's a tool, I guess, or whatever the 30th, 30s equivalent saying, of like, that is. He's not right for you. He's not right for he's you. He's a dandy. He's the, so not, not even like, like a homosexual overtone. Like just, he is unfit. He's a, he's a waif. He's, he's flits from okay, thing to thing. So two very specific scenes kind of are like reminiscent of uh, a great, uh, an interesting movie that probably really, if it wasn't for me, wouldn't have any kind of connection, or someone else may not really get these connections what as quickly. Um, so, two things from this movie specifically. So, the, um, you know, the kind of like unsavory partner, or the kind of, again, marriage of convenience usually goes for, you know, someone of a homosexual nature that's getting married because they don't want to appear to be gay. Um, but I, 
when I say it, it's more so a marriage of like, well, we have to get married. And not even because like someone's pregnant or because we had sex. It's just because... It is implied she married him because her father hated him. Yeah, exactly. So kind of like in that sense, that's the only reason she got married to him. So it's like not a, a marriage for love, you know, for the right reasons. Um, so for that, and then uh, later on, uh, another kind of like redemption for the father. So her father kind of eventually is like, I because she's run away from him and she's like missing and everything like that. And... And as a good father should, and like truth be told, I'm kind of proud of him for this. He's like, you know what? At this point, I'm just I want to see her again. So tell, go out there, and he's telling this to the the future son-in-law. Like, go out there, tell them that you and I have recon, you know, like we have reconciled, reconciled, or we we've, we've come up with a deal that I do not oppose the marriage anymore. Just come home. And like I thought at first it was a ploy, but no, it no. was it was he was like. I'm done. I've, I've, I, I'm, I'm worried sick about her. She needs to come home and everything like that. And I'm like, you know what? I respect that. Um, so he offered, but he offered a reward to bring her home. And so after everything is said and done near the end of the movie, uh, Clark Gable's character, uh, is invited to the, the, the house, uh, or the apartment where like, or the penthouse where they're going to have the wedding. Uh, because the father sees that she's in love with him and he wants to see if he's in love with her kind of playing matchmaker a little bit. And like, he uses the, he uses money to see if he is truthful because he imagines that he's coming over to claim the big $10,000 reward. Yeah. And then like, he's he like, gives this, her a, he gives him a little bit of expense report for $36. Itemized, I, yeah. Like itemized. It was like $60, but it was like itemized list. And it's like of shirts. shirts, breakfast, like gas, gas and everything like that. And he's like, and then, and, and there's a couple more shirts on there too. And he's like, I'm throwing those in for free. And he's like, and he, like uh, the father just kind of was like, okay, so you want this on top of the ten thousand dollars? Ten thousand dollars? No, I just want this. I this didn't do it for that. Yeah, yeah, this is the bill of sale. He's like, but that was the reward for bringing her home. He's like, ah, and he's like, and, he, and it in the greatest little bit of writing here. Do you love my daughter? Your daughter is impossible to do it. I see exactly where she gets it from you. Do you love my daughter? That's, Can you imagine living with her day and night? It would be that's a nightmare. That isn't, that's not saying no. Do you love her? Of course I love her. Don't hold it against me. <laughs> and he leaves. And like, and that's the character of Peter's very like has that in very quick wit too. So, and they work well together. And um, he realizes that the guy that she's married, supposed to get married to, that he could be bought off. With a bag of gold. But yeah. this guy, Peter, can't be bought. So those two things with, like, the, the lover not being real much of all and not really putting up much of a fight either. Like, you know, just trying to get the money. He gets $100,000 in Which the end. in 1934. <laughs> when he said that number, I thought I had a heart attack. <laughs> yeah. Like, even nowadays, like, that's a lot of money. But, like, back in... They actually did a, a little bit of math. It was, like, well over a million. Good God. Or not even, like, to 17 marry his million. daughter. Aaron, would you, you not, not marry him? If my father had offered you over a million dollars to not marry you, as uh, the once great Peter Griffin said, uh, you may put a uh, you you may think that your daughter has a specific worth, but to me, she's worthless. Sure <laughs> words have never been spoken. <laughs> back when Family Guy was still good, um, but that's that's the thing is, uh, or so these two these two things specifically, a lover that's not really worthwhile that like doesn't put much of a fight when as as she runs away, and the the money thing with how he's like, no, I don't want the rest of the money. I just want you know like what I put into it type thing because I'm mad at what happened and I love her and everything like that. Those two things supremely. Are you, do you know what I'm going to no, say? No, tell me, my man. Okay. Uh, they absolutely remind me of Spaceballs. Oh, I told you, it, it's the weirdest connection between two movies that probably weren't going to be connected. You're just but thinking that think connection because I do Hello, no, My Baby, and you no, think of Fish and J Frog. No, no. <laughs> kudos on that, but no, <laughs> like big old kudos. No, um, think about it. The the stupid space prince or whatever. The come back. <laughs> that guy like he like he's a little piss ant um and then uh and then like in space balls like there was supposed to be a reward uh for bringing his daughter back safely yeah 
and it was like one million space box or whatever and they're like he's like well i'm like at one point she like kind of uh snidely says oh well i guess he enjoyed his one million space bucks he's like oh he didn't take the one million space bucks well we're making connections and he's like yeah you know he gave it all back and uh in fact uh you know he took some for some gas a little bit of food a couple snacks no he turned most of it back in it's like (laughs) it was just a little like you know, uh, uh, if we're making comparisons, then then we gotta go. Mel, uh, Mel Brooks, Anastasia, a guy takes an heiress back to where she belongs, ends up falling in love with her, doesn't Ow. take the reward for turning okay. her in. Mine isn't that solid to begin with, but that's even more of a stretch. Like, I, I wasn't like I didn't watch <laughs> this movie just trying to find the connections, and literally as I'm watching it, that's what I see. I know that's so. what I, I thought of it too. Honestly, he didn't take the money. No, he what? didn't. <laughs> Which, I don't know, if, they, if I keep seeing that, that may become my, my second worst favorite trope, along with the, uh, I was lying to you the whole time, I was trying to oh, get you in love with me. liar revealed. Yeah. Um, well, so, to, to go back on the father, the father, it might be my favorite secondary character, because he does have that quick wit, he does redeem himself, he, do, he has some of those, like, kind of questionable actions, but... He, he absolutely has some very fun scenes. Like, at the end, uh, like, they were, like, trying to figure out if the marriage had been annulled. And, like... <laughs> Clark Gable keeps <laughs> sending these telegrams to him that say, How you going on that? Like, Any uh, day now. And, like, come on, get with it, get with it. Your daughter, and me are, your like, daughter and me are in this cabin separated by a sheet. Man, get on this. <laughs> like, still, like, holding her... Um, her innocence, if you will. <laughs> if you will. But it was... It, and then finally he's like, let him fall or whatever. I just signed the annulment paper. Let the wall fall. And that's when they got the little toy trumpet. But, that's a um, And then the other fun part was Clark Gable's telegrams to his editor. Oh, yeah. Like, it's like, um, uh, hey there, Mac. Stop. How you doing? Stop. I'm fine. Like he's like he's put he knows how you to push his hot up there. Stop, because I sure am down here. Stop. <laughs> like he absolutely has a lot of fun with this guy. So um, it's a very much a, a, a lot of quick humor, but not so quickly paced that you like fly through it. There are plenty of slow moments. Hopefully, the review gives you an idea and. Since it's a rom-com, we don't feel bad about spoiling it in much the same way that everyone knows what Casablanca is all about, but Casablanca is still a great movie. Yeah. Until you see it, you just don't know. Yeah, and that was the funny thing. Speaking of Looney Tunes, I, the only, I, I, you know, I'd seen all, I'd heard of like, you know, Harris looking at you, kid. You know, like, I had all, seen all those things, but I never truly watched Casablanca until you, me, and John watched it that one so day. So good. It, like, it blew me away There's how good it was. There's a reason it hangs around, honestly. Absolutely. Now, and and this, it's the same thing, and I'd have to say the same with this movie. Yeah, now this doesn't deal with Nazis, so not nearly as amazing. Having literal people who got displaced by Nazis singing their French national, national anthem in a Nazi-filled place. But there is something sweet about this movie being made during the Great... Being made uh, during the Great Depression, I can imagine this brought a lot of people a lot of comfort. Yeah, just I, and it's, a nice beacon of light and happiness. This was, uh, I think this was what, at the... 1934. 19, 19, was it, yeah, 30, no, 30, 34? It came 34. out in 1934. Okay, so, um, with, so with it being 1934 then, uh, when did we go, when did we enter the war? Was it 42? We didn't get into the war until 39. 39. No, I'm sorry, well, World War II started in 39, it didn't yeah. end until 45, our involvement came three years into that conflict. So, 42. This is not a history podcast, please so, forgive us. But if, if we're going off of those numbers, 39... Middle of Great Depression this came out. Yeah, yeah, this absolutely came out in the middle of the Great Depression, because a lot of people attribute World War Two to the end of uh, the Great Depression. Well, yeah, like how do you get out of a Great Depression, you start a great war. Exactly. So, um, that was, um, so, yeah, like, I, that even actually... I didn't really even realize that whenever we watched that, that it was in the middle of the Great Depression. Because if you think about Depression movies, think of, like, Grapes of Wrath or um, of Mice and Men, you know, like... For being an heiress's daughter, like, the most we ever see of the opulence is a yacht and a, an aerocopter, a gyrocopter. Yeah, that was... Yeah, that, that gyrocopter... 
Uh, that's a real fine piece of machinery or technology. Uh, but I think that if you want a fun movie to watch this Valentine's Day with your loved one, I think you can do a lot worse than this one. I think this is a great movie to watch like together. Manhattan and, uh... Yeah, please, like, go back. Past the 90s. Back, way, way, way back. Past Enjoy the 80s even. one of the first rom-coms ever. <laughs> so, um, it won a lot of awards. Um, definitely deserved a good chunk of them. What would you give your rating, babe? Uh, out of five, I'd say it's a solid three. Solid three out of five? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I'll be more generous. Uh, I really enjoyed it a lot, but I've been very lenient in my judging these days. Yeah. So I'm going to be very um, harsh and say 3.75. I want to give it a 4. I won't. For you, I'll give it a 3.75. So a 6.75 is what we're giving this one. Yes. Uh, I think it deserves a better rating system. Nope. I like our rating system. I like it. It's flawed (laughs) and it is ours and no one else can have it. I hate our rating system. It's the best. I really think we need to like both out of 10 and then just average. Aaron, if we agreed on every aspect of this podcast, we wouldn't have a podcast. So true. True. That's the whole point. So, well, let's do our plug party. Plug party. You can find us on Facebook at married to the idea, Twitter at married number two, the idea, Email us at marriedtotheideareviews at gmail.com, or if you forget any of those links, stop by our website, marriedtotheidea.weebly.com, or just Google Married to the Idea. You will find us, I promise you. You can leave any sort of comment on the website, as well as see all of our episodes from Season 1 and the ones that we've done so far for Season 2. Um, I actually hopped on the website today, like earlier today and I, I I it's like I think I got on it a while ago but I didn't really like explore that much and today I kind of like looked through it a little bit like you did a really good job thank you baby together, so. thank you I have been in charge yes Aaron keeps telling me that one day he will revamp the logo and I believe him one I day, absolutely it's, it's believe gonna him happen. it's gonna happen and in the meantime I'll make the entire website and upload everything and make the little <laughs> pictures and one day you will give me something one day um so we also have a small tiny announcement announce it that we are now a part of the it's a a group of some sort don't announce unless you know you get it on facebook we were recently invited to uh join the ranks of some other local knoxville podcasters uh as it turns out there are a few knoxville podcasters probably more than what there are right now they're adding more every day but uh one of them we knew because aaron had designed the logo for them yes um chris and um dj of uh uh humble beer podcast which currently has my logo if, that i designed for them oh so they get a logo that you designed Yep. Not us. Mm-hmm. We aren't good enough. Yes. Um, so the um, the podcast, uh, or Chris invited me to a, a Facebook group uh, that it's all basically local podcasters getting together. Hey, what technology do you use? What's hey. the website? Um, but the website is literally called uh, knoxpodcasting.network. It is a network of local podcasting originating in the city of Knoxville, Tennessee. That doesn't mean that we only talk about Knoxville stuff, rather that we are podcasting from Knoxville, and we might mention it once or twice, like we have just now. But really, if you're looking, uh, if you are a Knoxvillean yourself, and you're looking for some local podcasters to get into, um, it'll actually be the post before this post on the Facebook page, if you saw us there. Yeah, we're going to... We've posted and shared it, so you can take a look at all the other podcasters. I think there's like a, a gaming D D podcast actually on i have there. a list here i was gonna read over it share, for a second share. so we are one of six currently so I, I i'm very proud of us to get in there actually you were the one that got us in there i saw the post i'm like hey can you send them all the info and everything like that so who's our company uh our the network that we are currently a part of is friendly town radio which is a weekly experimental comedy show our humble beer podcast a podcast about craft beer and breweries which I highly recommend, especially not only for the logo, called Shot, which is actually um, has a small connection to us, you and I specifically. Called Shot strives to create an entertaining story with characters that break from the common fantasy tropes, basically pirate D&D. Fantastic. And not only is that really cool, because you and I are both D&Ders and we both love pirates, but they actually had a small connection to um, the Pirate Festival. And I think they're actually going to do something bigger next year. 
They gotta be careful, man. I am two steps away from becoming a LARPer because I like to play D&D and I have a bunch of costumes. Yeah, we, And I'm we, not afraid we, to wear them. You and I are both big cosplayers. Uh, LARPing is still a whole other beast. Um, and the last two is Southern Charm, uh, celebrating Southern culture with Jody Collins and Michael May, who Jody Collins is um, a graphic designer who is a really good graphic designer. Like, he... he I, I've seen plenty of his work. Oh, yeah? Work, so. What's their logo look like? Oh, yeah. That yeah. is a good logo. Yeah, he's, he's if a... If only I had a graphic time. designer who could make a good logo like that. And the last one is Ramblin' Man. Random conversations among friends and those alike. So we are uh, definitely in some good company. And thank you. Uh, kind of quick shout-out to Victor Agrija Jr. Thank you very much for putting the list together. And, uh, if you, uh, listening, have a podcast in Knoxville or know someone who has a podcast in Knoxville who would be interested, they can message us or uh, tag them in one of our posts and we can share the information with them because we would love to share. Uh, For example, we're going to try and get Talk Blindly in there as well because that's a a religious podcast and that's not one of the ones described yet. Mm -hmm. I'm actually really happy that so far every podcast on here has been about a different thing with different people. And I think that really speaks to the the coolness of podcasts that we aren't all just doing the same thing. It's not just that one kind of median... Hello, indeed. That's, okay, so there's, that's I, I want to quickly uh, rant about that. I hate that Facebook every time. Yes. If you have your media up, like like your uh, sound up, it goes like uh, it instantly starts playing something. That so like I was flipping through Facebook through the Knoxville Podcasters Facebook group, which again, if you're a podcaster, um, I mean, I don't know if Nick and Greg would be uh, again. That, if you but. guys know, tag them. We'd love to share them and see if they'd love to be a part of the group because it's all about the community. Um, but speaking of hello, it's probably time to say goodbye. Yeah, what um, do you think our question should be this evening? Actually, uh, I thought about that just a second ago. I think our question should actually be, uh, well, first off, did you like the new setup? Did we sound better? Did we sound worse? You know, did you hear me too well? Did you hear my breathing? My mouth noise is too easy. Don't you dare pick up another rapper. <laughs> my hand is literally on hers, stopping her from grabbing a rapper. Oh, you just right want now. an excuse to hold my hand. Is well, what that you too. I mean, it's soft. Uh, but it's, so that's not the actual question. But you know, what did you think about this setup? Uh, I personally liked it because um, I like hearing myself talk, and I have a headphone put, plugged in right now. Uh, but if that doesn't say something question, about my husband, I don't know what will. Exactly. Uh, but my actual question is, is because we're about to go into the month of February, the month of love. <laughs> uh, what is your favorite rom com? Favorite romantic movie? Movie? Um, favorite TV show episode? Favorite TV show that deals with romance? Maybe, um, you know, we may or may not use one of the use I a suggestion if we one ever get one that I really want to watch that I know you'd want to watch. I'm not going to share right now. But I there's think only I know. one that I really know that I would be definitely interested in watching as far as a love story goes. Well, um, I mean, like, do you are you saying one that you've seen before? Or you have? never seen it. Only know about it. Know a lot about it. Never seen it. Definitely want to see it. All right, so I retract my answer. I don't think I know what you're talking about. <laughs> so, um, but yes, I think actually we may just go ahead and roll and do like kind of a romantic movie month next month. So, but we can't do Beauty and the Beast. We've already talked about it. Oh, we didn't talk about the original though. Yes, we did. Oh, I don't know. I, I, I'm we looking did. at our pictures of no, our season one. No, I don't see we, a picture of it no, there. We did. Uh, or we did enough, so... Maybe you'll do a little five-minute intro to uh, a book you read that is about Beauty and the Beast, and maybe that'll be <laughs> your loving intro. Uh, for for if, if we do a Beauty and the Beast episode, which we've already done one. Well, that's what I'm saying. Just a little five-minute intro next time, showing what you love your wife by talking about something very near and dear to her heart. Thought, do you not remember that I have actually plugged that book? I do remember and that way I'm gonna to plug. You know, you know, we're gonna keep plugging all the book, the book Colorblind. I went to the career fair today as an artist. These two girls kept coming back to talk to me more and more about my art and what they did as artists. <laughs> they were so sweet, and they talked about the books they were reading, like this eight-part dragon book series I'd never heard of, but I was really like 
Cool, that's really neat. Um, it's a graphic novel, no, and you kind of have to start at the beginning. No, they were And then adorable. you have to do the uh, a pendulums, and then if you... Uh, they were adorable children, and after a, the third time, they came back. That was a very good impression. I was, no, I, I wasn't trying to but, do an impression. I was trying to do a reference to Bob's that, Burgers. It was a very good impression oh, okay. of that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> By the third time they came around, I pulled out two copies of Colorblind and said, you girls... Feel, I think you would definitely enjoy this. I told them to you read gave it. Away, you gave away two copies I of Colorblind? I gave away two copies. I'm a big softie for children, Aaron. You can't let me go to these career fairs anymore. No, especially since you have to sell those. I know. I gave <laughs> I gave away $20 worth of merch, Aaron, to these small children. I hope they like it. You. So, uh, yes. Uh, tell us what you thought about the new setup, because we are actually on two mics right now. Um, one of which is a really nice Yeti mic, and the other one is still the awesome uh, blue snowball. Guess which green. one Aaron picked for himself. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, I mean, if we can convince Steven to leave the other one, and we can have two of them. But you know, you can't. spent an hour getting this two microphone system to work, so I hope you guys really like it. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm already looking forward to editing and listening and stuff like that. So, uh, and then also your favorite romantic piece of cinema tv your favorite song your favorite book yeah honestly let us know we'll talk about stuff and if if it's a movie you know we can maybe we'll watch that for this month or you know we're we're open to suggestions wonderful but i think i've rambled on long enough what do you say oh aaron you don't want to hear my opinion about you rambling that might weaken the efficacy of our marriage (laughs) no now i want to hear it until then He's been Aaron. She's been Elizabeth. And And we're we're married married to to the the idea. idea.